Welcome to So Many Bits. I'm your host, Bill Nielsen, and joining me from my palatial studio apartment in Chicago is Melissa Patterson. Hey guys, I'm uh, Melissa, longtime friend of Bill's. Awesome. Avid awesome. gamer, yeah. <laughs> Thanks for coming on, Melissa. Uh, this week, you know, I, I was we're having a rotating panel of guests to talk about just different games we're playing and like different stuff that's going on in the news, different like articles, events, and I'm, I'm just very glad to have you on. Thank you so much for coming on. It's, I'm already having a blast. Excellent, <laughs> excellent. Sonic 3D Blast, uh, Mighty Bomb Jack, Ooh. Blast Core. Ah oh, man, uh, Blast Core. I have to say. Okay. Double Blast Core. Uh, double Blast Core. Excellent. <laughs> As a quick reminder, So Many Bits is brought to you in part by the Second Wind Collective. For more quality podcasts like this one, please visit secondwindcollective.com for details. Uh, so, uh, hey, uh, so I've been playing some video games, you know, lately. Yeah. That tends to happen. That's life. That, that is, that is. Uh, I've been playing a game called Hyper Light Drifter. Okay, yeah, I actually, you mentioned it, and I looked it up and watched the preview. It looks so good. I want to play it. Immediately, you should. You okay. should. We should stop the podcast recording right now, and you should play it for one to two hours, and we'll come back. But we're not going to do that. <laughs> uh, we'll just keep going. We'll pull on right now. Uh, Hyperlight Drifter. You can uh, play it on Steam right now, and then it's coming to PS4 pretty soon, I think. Uh, and it's kind of like a, a futuristic Legend of Zelda. Uh, you, you go through a opening cutscene where you're a mysterious adventurer, and you're trying to get a thing to make. Something happened. And you oh, just, <laughs> you're really selling it. <laughs> well, the thing is, there's no uh, text and there's no voice in the game. It's all done through like pictures oh. and, and music and the graphics. Uh, so, like in the game itself, when you go to talk to someone, it shows you like a mural or a painting or like a series of images to convey the story of the game. Wow, that but, sounds awesome. It is. It is. Like uh, you talk to someone in town. And, like, he's saying how he went to the big city and he got beat up by some thugs in an alley, which... <laughs> it's, but it's, they convey that through pictures? Right, yeah. It's like, there's, like, one picture of the guy, like, looking at the city in the background in the distance. And then there's another picture of, like, five people blocking the entranceway to an alley that he's inside. And then there's a third picture of him beat up and, and bloody in, <laughs> in this alley. I think, like, in life we should try and communicate more through pictures... Like just you know, draw pictures. We should take Hyperlight Drifter more seriously. Go back to the caves. Go back to the caves. Draw our emotions. I could draw a picture of me waiting in a crowded L to come visit you. Draw the emotion. Put the body in motion. Yes. Yes. All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it. It. And also, like a, another thing, I the art and the graphics just look amazing on that game. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, like, it, it reminded me a little bit of, of Fez, which came out a few years ago. Very, like, honoring the 8-bit era, 16-bit era type of game, but, like, taking it, the new technology and trying to make something more out of it. Very, very mellow soundtrack, too. Very, uh, yeah. Yeah, very... It's important. You need, a, like, a low-key, low-key anthem to get your, get your gears going sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, like in uh, Legend of Zelda, it's always like a, a trumpeting fanfare. Like, you're like, off to adventure and going into a cave. But here it's like, nah, man, just, just go where you want. Just, just feel it. Just chill. Yeah, just chill, you know? Just if you see some birds, like, cut them with your sword. You know, but whatever. Whatever, it's good. Can you cut birds with your sword in this game? There are a lot of birds that need to be cut. 
<laughs> I love that. Um, I'm actually playing a game. Well, I just finished up playing this. It's another game with a lot of great music called Life is Strange. Oh. Uh, yeah, it's an episodic game, kind of similar to uh, the Walking the Walking Dead series. Uh, so very plot-driven. I think that was kind of the creator's intention was to have... Um, was to have it broken up and it's not really a game heavy game where you're hardcore on the controller like oh man let me fight this guy with the x button it's more like let me think about this decision i can make um and it's similar in that way too like you've got uh you make a decision and that affects the rest of the game and the the rest of the yeah, it actually affects the entire game. Um, so that's really cool. And also there's like a time element in it. Okay. So uh, there's a lot of elements in it. <laughs> but you can uh, so you can rewind time if you don't like the decision you made that affects the rest of the game and undo it. Up to, awesome. a, to an okay. extent. Yeah. It's pretty fun. Uh, it's got female protagonist, so that's always a plus in my book. Um, the art's pretty good. And uh, the music is just awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. And, and that's, uh, where are you playing that on? I'm playing it on PS4, but that's available on pretty much every platform. PC, Steam, uh, Xbox, PlayStation. All right. Nice, nice. And it's all, uh, it, I think it was episodic, but it's all done now? Yeah. I think they, I, I don't know when they actually finished it. It's, I think, from late 2015, so... So it's fairly new, but all the episodes are out, so you don't have to worry. I hate I hate that. Do you ever play a game and you're like, no, this is an episodic one. You have to wait three months or whenever their devs finish. I absolutely, yeah. I, I was playing Tales from the Borderlands a while back. I, I talked oh. about it on like a very early episode, and I, I fell out of it because I at the time they were only up to like episode four or five, and it's like, well, even if I get through all this, I'm not going to see the end of the game, and I'll just wait till like, finishes but when it finished i never got back to it or haven't yet it's hard it's hard i think um i i think releasing it episodically is is cool if for maybe developers there um but it is not it's not a good way to get into a game i want to play it for seven hours straight and be done and be done (laughs) yeah (laughs) just just take it all in take take it all in one at once like that's the new thing is like binging so i mean yeah. I mean, that makes sense with a game, too. You want to just play it through to completion and see what there is to see. Yeah, totally. Totally. Oh, oh, oh yeah, I was going oh. uh, And another game we talked about recently was the Magic Circle. Uh, we, we got way into the plot of that game, so I don't feel so bad about spoiling it, <laughs> but it's a game about developing a game. Oh, really? Yeah, and, like, oh. you're developing a game, but your company is going out of business, so the way that they they salvage the game and save themselves at the end is they make it episodic. They take like all the unfinished oh. stuff they had and they make that episode one of their series so well, they can move on. I, I can totally see that. I do. I don't do game development, but I do software development. I know a lot of game developers, and I th- I think that just the process of getting a game from start to finish is insane. Most of the time, these companies will just hire on uh, a bunch of new developers. They'll go hard for whatever, nine months, until they hit their product deadlines and then just lay off everyone. Man, that's brutal. It's really sad, actually. (laughs) It it sounds sad, yeah. Yeah, I mean, mean, there's been more and more concern lately, I think, about, like, what is happening to these developers that are making these games? 
it's sad. It's sad. <laughs> <Is> the <answer. laughs> they're, they're hungry probably right now. But, you know, we've got um, a lot of great games. So your sacrifice wasn't in vain. <laughs> thank you, game developers. Yes, thank you. <laughs> uh, playing anything else lately? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I have a long-standing. I am a huge fan of the Metal Gear Solid series, and uh, their their most recent uh, edition is the the fifth one, Metal Gear Solid Five: Phantom Pain, which came out also a while ago, maybe last year. Um, yeah, like uh, like in September or October, I think. Okay, I like to sit on my laurels a little bit. Wait till the game bugs get out before I before I get hard into it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm like I said, huge fan of Metal Gear Solid series. Uh, this one kind of, I feel like they've been getting weirder. Have you played them? I I played one and two, and then I uh, I skipped three and four, and I, yeah, I played five, all the way to the the first ending. I guess we would say. Oh, you're farther than me then. I've been trying so hard to play this game, but it's I the layout or the format has completely changed. Oh, you're not you're not digging it. Uh I don't think yeah, I don't think uh the the Grand Theft Auto type, what is it? These games they're uh the mission-based games where you kind of have an open it's called an open world game. I found it. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> you have an open world and you go, uh, you have a bunch of optional missions, I end up just kind of like wanting to finish everything in a certain zone before I clear to the next zone, which I think it delves better for me uh, in narrative games where you only have really one task. But these open world games, I just do mission after mission. I'm like, I don't like, I don't even like killing sheep, (laughs) you know? So I'm having a hard time with it, but um, yeah. So you haven't finished it either. No, not. I mean, I I put in like 50 hours, and I'm not even remotely close to finished, which is which is what Metal Gear Solid fans wanted all along. But yeah. I don't. It's too much for me now. <laughs> don't give me what I want. I'll just hate on you. I guess is the moral. <laughs> like, uh, I mean. Ha- with that, this game in particular, the story stuff is very sparse. I mean, compared to earlier entries, like early on in the game, the first two to three hours are story heavy, and then you can go another ten hours without running into any of the main storyline. Is that what you experienced? Yeah, I'm, I'm seeing that a lot. I think they rely heavily on you. They have a lot of, they have so much side stuff going on, but they rely heavily on you kind of listening to the the mission logs and that kind of thing. Uh, all the briefings from from who is that guy? I don't. It doesn't matter. All the briefings from the from major, Troy Baker from Troy Baker. <laughs> uh, yeah, so you have to you have to. I think you have to search out additional content, which is kind of like the older ones. You could get a lot of backstory by using your codec to um, to call in different people, and you'd get backstories like uh, vamp. Do, so Metal Gear Solid Two. Did you know? Vamp and the Marine Corps Commandant were lovers. No. I you yeah you can get that kind of stuff. That's what Metal Gear like loves to do is have all this tertiary tertiary um, plot, but you can't really pick it up unless you're really looking for it, which is super hard in this open world format. Yeah, it, like at times it does feel like they squirreled away a lot of the plot into those tapes rather than like find a more elegant way of working it in there. Yeah, that's probably a better way of putting 
I like th- I like that you have to work for it, but maybe it's just poor design. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like that started with Bioshock, really. Like that was yeah. the first, I think, not the first, but the the first game that I played. So that, therefore, it was the first game. The original, to, yeah. <laughs> where yeah, like you went around and found all those audio logs all over Rapture and. Like, they filled in the backstory without the characters having actually been there, because they were all dead or ran away. Right. Mm. But here, all the characters are still alive. You could still, like, find a way to have them in a scene. Yeah, just go talk to them. Right, exactly. Pull them up. I do like the dog, though. The dog in the the game is so fun. I love the dog. I think think that was a a D-dog. And it was super diamond cool. Dog, yeah. Diamond dog. Oh my god. <laughs> I love everything is di- diamond diamond truck, diamond horse. <laughs> yeah. D horse. Oh my god. <laughs> I died. I died when you get the, the defecate command. Oh, I haven't earned that yet. When you max out, I think it's when you get the max loyalty for D-Horse. Oh, it says, I, yes. I'm sorry. I thought you were talking about the dog. Oh, no. No, you can't teach the dog to poop on command. Only the horse will poop on command for you. I what What is that? Is that a tactical element at all? I feel like there's just got to be a way where you could, you know, maybe trank a, a guard or something. And then right when he wakes up, have the horse Do it. defecate right on command. <laughs> Yeah, do it is is what I think he says. He just says, do it. <laughs> Kiefer Sutherland tells the horse to poop. Oh, yeah. Kiefer Sutherland as uh, a snake? That's I'm into it. It was kind of a you know a weird choice, I thought. But I, he does fine. He does yeah. fine with it. I think there's a lot of weird choices in gaming now, though, with, with actors. Mm-hmm. Man, I, I played a game beyond... Not, I didn't finish it. I didn't think it was that good of a game. Uh, Beyond Two Souls, uh, and that one is like starring Ellen Page, which is insane. It's just like it. It's a rendering of her. You play Ellen Page in this game. That is weird. It's weird. It's not good. I would not no. recommend it. Maybe watch the preview. <laughs> <laughs> so not as good as the other Ellen Page game with uh, The Last of Us. Oh, that is such a good game. Yeah, The Last of Us. Don't play Beyond Two Souls if you're if you're into that. Is that Ellen Page? It looks a lot like it Ellen does. Page, and her name is Ellie. Oh my gosh, they knew what they were doing there. They knew what they were doing. They're getting ready for a movie franchise. Ba-ba. I'd see it actually. I, that was an awesome game. Yeah, I, it was really cool. I mean, I I don't know how you follow up that <laughs> game, but it was cool. It was very cool. Yeah, yeah. Did they they actually just. Maybe not just, but they released a, an extension, like a prequel uh, expansion onto The Last of Us uh, with a little bit of um, pre-story for Ellie um, before she meets up with, what's it, Joel? Is that his name? Yeah, Troy Joel. Baker. <laughs> Troy Before she meets up with Troy Baker. <laughs> um, and it's really good. It's almost just as good. It's maybe like a 30-minute game, though. Oh, okay. I'd recommend it. Do you need to have the original The Last of Us to play the expansion? Um, I I don't know. I think you probably do. I don't think you would have... There's a lot of spoilers in it if you don't um, actually play The Last of Us before it. Okay. So I'd recommend... I'd recommend owning, or at least playing, The Last of Us. All right. Yeah. So, yeah. MGS5, not so much, but Last of Us, maybe more. Yeah, yes. there you go. <laughs> So there was one more thing I wanted to, to mention. It's not a game exactly. Well, it's sort of a game. Uh, so uh, there was originally 
on the Nintendo DS a game called Picross 3D. And what you do is like there's a there's a cube on screen, and every cube has like a number on it that indicates within that that row or that vertice vertice uh, how many cubes are supposed to be there. And the idea is you chip away all the cubes that aren't supposed to be there until you get like a, a fun image, like like a dog or, or a plane or something like that. Oh, that's fun. And they made another one, but it's only been released in Japan for the 3DS. And now, before, that wouldn't be a huge issue because older Nintendo game systems were not region locked, but the 3DS is. Ah, oh, so, come on. <laughs> well, there are ways to get around that, though. And, okay. And, th- and this led me into the murky world of hacking my 3DS. Ooh, that does not sound fun. It was not. There, there are a few different ways to do it. Uh, you can look up some of them. And again, this is uh, you should be careful with doing this because you can definitely brick your 3DS doing this. And it, you are unsanctioned. Viol- unsanctioned. You are violating the terms of use of your 3DS by you know going in there and mucking with the code. Not, well, not mucking with the code exactly, uh, but like the way I did it is there is Ocarina of Time 3D was released on the 3DS. And you can manipulate a save file in Ocarina of Time to have too many characters in the, the file name. Mm-hmm. And if you do that, once you start Ocarina of Time, you can run an exploit that will take you to a homebrew launcher. And, and from there, you can then run a program that will let you play a game that's not, that is region locked or from outside the region. I wonder, like, who finds these these um, software? It must be like people from Nintendo development, or what? I I, maybe like testers or like former QA te- people, like stuff like that. Yeah, maybe. Like, I'm not sure. I, there's probably a type of thing they're looking for when they're doing it. I, I just don't like. A, I, I don't know enough about software development or hacking to really give you more insight than I found the things online <laughs> to do it. Although it it, it was. <laughs> Kind of a, a, in itself, like a, a challenge and a, a game, and like getting getting your SD card out of your 3DS and like yeah. putting the right files on it and running the right files and, and that stuff. And I haven't played too much of the P Cross game yet because it is in Japanese and a little hard for me to like navigate around. Mm. Uh, but just it was an adventure trying to get it to work. And yeah, yeah. I've. Y- that's like such a specific hack. I can't get over it. I I, I actually I think I saw on uh, our gaming the gaming subreddit. Uh, <clears throat> I saw a guy who had hacked um, Super Mario, uh, the, the original, uh, in a way that he made a Flappy Bird level. He had a, like a Flappy Bird game just by hacking the Nintendo by pressing a certain number of controls like I think he like jumped in a certain way like 500 times and then <laughs> programmed into his game Flappy Bird that's insane that it, people can do that it is and, and really cool too I think not yeah. remotely in the intentions of the original game but like that you can rebuild it in such a way but yeah that's actually that's fun that's smart gaming it is it is uh, do you ever watch like a uh, awesome games done quick or anything like that yes i've seen those those are fun so like they'll do stuff like that during the event like they'll show off weird hacks and and stuff like uh the one that i remember is with uh when twitch plays pokemon was a huge thing Ooh, twitch plays pokemon mm-hmm. <laughs> they they <laughs> hacked <a> yeah <laughs> that's a whole episode <laughs> oh my god it is it, it would be yeah <laughs> 
they, they, they hacked a Pokemon cart in such a way that they made it uh, so they could make commands on Twitch. And so in so doing, Pokemon plays Twitch. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. It's, it's pretty sweet. It's pretty cool. Well, I'll try and put up a link the next time one of these comes around. There should be another one in, like, July or something. They do them every six months or so, I think. It's a it's an, it's an effort in teamwork, I'd say. Yeah? Twitch, Twitch playing stuff. Oh, yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah, they went for a while, and then they switched to Dark Souls. Oh, no, really? Yeah, that seemed ambitious. That's... Yeah, they had a hard enough time playing Pokemon. <laughs> I'd like to see that. That'd be good. It's, it's already there. It's already made. It's there. I'm ready. I'm in it tonight. Awesome. Right after this. Right after this. <laughs> so so we can get going and then watch Twitch plays Dark Souls. Uh, those are the games <laughs> we've been playing lately. Uh, now we're going to take you to the introductory scene of Super Metroid. I first battled the Metroids on planet Zebes. It was there I foiled the plan of the space pirate leader Mother Brain to use the creatures to attack galactic civilization. I next fought the Metroids on their homeworld, SR388. I completely eradicated them except for a larva, which after hatching followed me like a confused child. I personally delivered it to the galactic research station at Ceres so scientists could study its energy-producing qualities. The scientists' findings were astounding. They discovered that the powers of the Metroid might be harnessed for the good of civilization. Satisfied that all was well, I left the station to seek a new bounty to hunt, but I had gone beyond the asteroid belt when I picked up a distress signal. Ceres Station was under attack! Series station was under attack. Which, which station was under attack? Which, which station? Series station. Okay, okay, that's good. It's under attack. Okay, cool. Yeah. Send someone out. Series station. Okay, thank, thank you. This okay. is under attack. This is Lazy Station. Lazy Station is someone out. Series station. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and so we're back from that intercepted space transmission. Uh, we've previously discussed what we've been playing lately. Now we're moving on to Choose Your Fighter. Uh, for this section, Melissa and I will square off with one article, news event, or upcoming game that we've discovered until only one of us is left standing. Oh, no. I, that, that's how it works here. I, thank God I brought the big guns. Okay, good. <laughs> well, uh, you know, I, I let off with the game section, uh, so maybe you could lead off with the Choose Your Fighter section, if that's all oh, right. Oh, sure, sure. Um, so... Ohio State University, not just known for its great football team anymore, uh, they've released a study that claims that young male gamers who strongly identify with male characters, this is a, this is a mouthful, male characters in sexist, violent video games show less empathy towards female violence, hmm. which sounds bad. Like it, it's, yeah. it sounds bad. You're, you're always reading articles that video games make children violent. But I was reading further into this study, and actually, I was reading further into this study, and the way that they conducted the study was they had, first of all, it was a group of Italian school, like high schoolers, so 
that seems like a weird demographic. No offense if anyone's Italian, but but yeah, for like oddly Ohio specific, State. Yeah. yeah, Ohio State, yeah. So um, yeah, they uh, they took a bunch of Italian high schoolers and they had three groups. One played Grand Theft Auto Vice City. One played uh, Half Life One and Two, which are violent, but they're not super. They're not really violent towards women. In the way that Grand Theft Auto is. Very true, very true. <laughs> and then a, thir- a third set played pinball. Um, and then uh, the specific findings of the study say, all right, if you identify with the character that is going around and killing people in um, Grand Theft Auto, like if you personally feel that that character emulates your life, that you're less likely to, or you're more likely to be um, less empathetic towards violence towards women. Which I would argue, if you feel like you're the Grand Theft Auto guy anyway, you're not going to have a high opinion of women to begin with. Yeah, no, that's that's a an important consideration. There is that so many characters in gaming are like these muscle bound, like hyper aggressive killing machines. I mean, like with with the Grand Theft Auto guys, uh, like Agent Forty Seven and Hitman, Master Chief. Uh, who Nathan Dra- Nathan Drake kills never many, many. not Nathan Drake he kills hundreds of people in every game they shoot at him first be that as it may <laughs> so I have a soft spot for Uncharted oh, fair enough fair enough I'm just I'm, I'm, maybe I'm painting with too broad of a brush no you're not that's very true I think um, yeah it's it's easy I, it's nice to identify with a character that you're playing. Uh, I think it's always an added plus. It makes a game more hip, closer to home for you. But at the same time, if you feel that you're... No, I, I don't know. I've never felt, oh, I'm definitely Nathan Drake killing dudes. This is me. Well, I mean, I mean, all those dudes are white males. I'm sorry. They're all, so you're, like, jacked, like... Well, Master Chief. That's that's the other thing, though, is I don't identify with any of those characters because they're all very muscular and strong and assertive and cocky sometimes, and they they kill people. I I can't really uh, I can't really relate to that. That's it is like, a little little hard to relate to. <laughs> like that's none of that is anything I I am. This is an escape for me. Uh, so like when even I'm Commander Shepard, where. Commander Shepard can you can funnel a certain amount of your personality and your thoughts and feelings into that character, even if it doesn't directly embody you. Uh, though you even still, that person isn't you. I, like I can be peaceful until the game will not give you a choice but to shoot the the alien in front of you. Right. So yeah, it, it's this is the thing that you should be aware of that that you should be careful with how young men and women identify with video games and how it may affect them emotionally. Yeah, that's a good point. But good, most good. must games, yeah, aren't relatable also. Yeah, I, f- I feel more like in an indie game environment where you'll find characters that are way more similar to you as a, I, I don't know, I'm assuming you're a nerd. I'm kind of a nerd. You're we're not we're not superheroes going out on missions. Killing, killing, Larry and Jim. Nah, no, that ain't me, man. We're nerds, just trying to live life to the fullest. Um, 
Yeah, I feel like a lot of indie indie games you'll find characters that are a little more relatable. Like they're they're not strong, they're not special really, except for the fact that they're the protagonist in your game. Um, yeah. So if you have a tendency towards violence, I think uh, maybe play some more indie games. Yeah. Yeah, you should try and... Kill some birds. Try and think about what you're doing. Uh, <laughs> seek seek therapy if you feel it is needed. Uh, there are people who care about you. Yeah, and this is, like, all coming from medical professionals. At, at, the, uh, at the Ohio State University? At, at the Ohio State University, and um, I've heard Bill is working on his medical PhD. That That's me. That's me. That's why my... Advice earlier was so sharp. <laughs> He's reading a lot of books. Reading a lot of books. I do read a lot of books. I know. That's why I said it. Most of them are filled with books. Filled you can't, with books. You can't see it, but his bed is a, bu- is a is a bookshelf with a blanket on top of it. The blanket it looks like a book. It's like the cover of a book, <laughs> and the sheets look like book pages. If you were here, you'd be like, "All right, we get it. You read." Yeah. Melissa gets it. Melissa gets it. Uh, so my uh, discovery is is a little less uh, topical and serious. Uh, I I was reading recently about here in Chicago, there near Chicago rather. There is an arcade called the Galloping Ghost, and their specialty is older, more obscure arcade games, and, and they've you know, brought in rare games or prototypes of games in the past. Uh, if you were present in the 1990s and playing video games, you may remember Primal Rage, which was a fighting game that involved dinosaurs and giant monkeys fighting each other while cavemen, like, walked around on the bottom of the screen and you could eat them. I really wish I'd played this game. I'm going to look it up later. <laughs> <laughs> you could probably find, like, a, a station somewhere, somewhere out there. Or, or you could just, yeah, like, YouTube it just to see what it was like. Yes. But there was a Primal Rage 2 that, did ne- that never got made because the company that was making it, Atari, went out of business. And so Galloping Ghost has a prototype of it. And they found another prototype of a Beavis and Butthead game, also from the 1996 time frame, that is now, they have a copy of it there in the Galloping Ghost. That's so cool. And that was right around the time, too, that uh, Beavis and Butthead's movie came out, Beavis and Butthead Do America. That was like, I guess, the height of Beavis and Buttheadedness. Was ninety six. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What happened to Beavis and Butthead? I don't know. Just faded away. Yeah, like I, that was. My parents weren't really that happy with me watching The Simpsons, but I could not watch Beavis and Butthead. That yeah, was off the table. Yeah, never, never, never Beavis and Butthead. Which now maybe we can't relate to this game. So thanks, parents. Yeah, thank you so much. I'm sure our younger listeners might not even be really aware of what Beavis and Butthead was. It, it was like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's... Everyone knows Beavis and Butthead, though, right? No? Well, maybe. I, I don't know. If you're from... If you're from... 2000? <laughs> if you were not aware, Beavis and Butthead is a, a cartoon <laughs> from the early 90s that was put on MTV. Half of it was like these short... Uh, cartoons where their Beavis and Butthead are idiots and do very stupid things that are sometimes violent. And then all, the other half was they would watch music videos and comment on them. It sounds to me like you actually have watched Beavis and Butthead. Well, I, I have since then, yeah. Oh, okay, but not, not when it was forbidden. <laughs> right, yeah. I didn't watch it in the moment, but I, I have gone back and watched it since. 
Oh, okay. Well, Bill's mom and dad, it's fine. It, it, it is fine. <laughs> it's I, fine. I'm mostly okay. It's uh, it's a terrible show. <laughs> um, but I, that's... That, uh, the arcade um, sounds like a really fun place. I don't, I've been to uh, a few arcade. I moved up here uh, to Chicago from Austin, Texas, and they had uh, a number of arcades there that were very pinball heavy. And I feel like that's kind of a common trope with arcades. Um, here, I haven't been to as many arcades. I don't know if you know of a lot. There's Headquarters, which is a bar. It's very broy. Yeah. Um, but there is pinball there, and it's free, so that's a big plus. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Headquarters. Yeah, there all the games there are free. Uh, I go to import. Well, not every game. Like 99% of the games are free, though. Yeah, they have some really fancy pinballs, pinball machines, or I think what is that hockey game that's so cool? Oh yeah, where it's like the dome, and you got like the knobs yeah. to twist, and that turns the guys around. It's in like the... foosball, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think I don't know what it's called, but it's that's actually fun. Bring a dollar. Th- that was one. that was like a fixture at any like uh, restaurant or pizza place in in Buffalo or like the Western New York area. Oh, really? Yeah, those hockey games. Well, I can see that Buffalo. You guys are into hockey. Why not just get get more of that stuff going? On? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> uh, I've been to headquarters. I've been to like the one in Lakeview. I've been to Emporium, which is another place. They, I think they're more about like older games specifically. Like Headquarters seems to cater specifically to like having Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat, NFL Blitz, NBA Jam, like the ones that people like. And yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. And I've also heard of uh, Replay, which is in Uptown, and I heard that they have they have a lot of newer arcade games, and it's. It's not the same kind of bar situation where they're free, so I've actually huh. never been. But Uptown, Replay, it's my friend Jamil's favorite place to go. So okay. that's from Jamil. Jamil, thank you. Melissa's friend Jamil. He, can, he should listen to the show to get the shout out. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll make sure I, I tell him. <laughs> Just don't tell him when it was. Make sure he listens to as much of this as he can. You sucker, you listen to this whole thing. Yeah, you did. <laughs> It just like this whole thing, like with the games though, and like the way that arcades are now, where they're mostly like barcades. It just made me think about like where those have gone because in the '90s, like those were dying off. I think part of the reason that these games never came out that we talked about was because there weren't many arcades left in 1996. Yeah. Well, when your main demographic is children, I never had any quarters as a child. It's hard. You got it. You got to have adults because they are the ones with the money. Mm-hmm. It, it's true. You got to make them convince them to be where you are and give that money to you. <laughs> yeah, even now, I don't even. I don't want to spend quarters. Those are for laundry. Right. Exactly. We we had an earlier conversation about quarters and and how precious they can be. It's just not something that you, especially now with like credit cards, like the the quarters just doesn't feel like it's in. I mean, there are still. Millions and millions of quarters out there, I'm sure. It just doesn't feel like you have quarters on you that often anymore. Yeah. It's hard to get a quarter. It's hard. Some, you'll get changed sometimes, and you see it's around 25 cents, and they give you two dimes and a nickel. Uh, and you're just like, this won't do anything for me. <laughs> I actually have to pay to get quarters for my laundry. Oh, that's sad. But it is. I, my, I belong to two banks, one of which is in Buffalo, and one of which the only branch is in, that's nearby is in Evanston. 
Ooh. And so uh, there's a like a same day check place on the, around the block. So I'll go there, and they also will do change for you. So like I can get fifty dollars of quarters for like a dollar twenty five. Oh, that's not bad. No, I'll no. also give you a pro tip. All right, our Jewel Osco, Jewel Osco. You can get free quarters from them if you just go to the customer service desk. That's life-changing. That is, that is life-changing. I don't know if you could get $50 in quarters at once, but you could definitely get at least a good two rolls. Yeah. That, that might free? be Faux free? Faux free. Um, <laughs> awesome. I will have to remember that. I have to go to the grocery store very soon. So. Get some quarters. I will. This guy is packing quarters. Don't let him fool you. I saw at least three rolls. <laughs> Those rolls go fast. I mean, you live fast, your rolls go fast. That's how, that's how it goes. <laughs> fast and hard and out of quarters. The, the story of Bill. <laughs> the 90s were a heady time. <laughs> well, uh, Melissa, you know, it sounds like you have some Twitch plays Dark Souls to watch. I have some quarters to get. <laughs> I think this might be a good place to wrap up this episode of So Many Bits. Well, thank you so much for having me. I had a blast. You're welcome. My pleasure. Please come back. Oh, I'm, I'm here. Please. <laughs> Please? I'll think about it. Okay, thank you. <laughs> we can be reached by email at so many bits podcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook. We're So Many Bits on there. Please like. You can follow us on Twitter at So Many Bits. We're available for download on iTunes. Please rate and review and subscribe. We're also on SoundCloud. You can find the most recent episodes on there. And last but not least, please check out the Second Wind Collective for more quality podcasts like this one. Support independent art. The spirit of Dell compels you. Yay! Yay! (laughs) (laughs) The spirit of Dell compels you. Sunshine